0: today. It's good to be in the house of the God of the Lord. How many of you are thankful that you've been washed by the blood? Can I get an amen? Thank God for that. I'm glad that y'all are here. And I really appreciate y'all being here today. Thank God for your coming, man. And if you're visiting with us, uh, we're thankful that you're here with us today. We've been talking about how to make a marvelous marriage, and we've been discussing that. Uh, and, and we'll talk about that today, y'all. So I hope and pray that you'll get some uh, something out to write on and something take some notes with uh, I know there's a lot of people that say, Brother Jack, you know what, I'm not married, or, or you know what, I've been divorced, I've never been married, and really and truly this marvelous marriage thing is not for me. Uh, well, i tell you what it really is, because you may know a, a young person that you need to speak to or to encourage and uh, along the life journey, and I hope and pray that you'll take some notes about that. And so today we're gonna be talking about a subject, and we'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, but how many of y'all... Uh, uh, how many of y'all been married over 50 years? Let me see your hand if you've been married over 50 years. Oh, bless your heart. Amen. Uh, look at there. Boy, they're scattered everywhere. How about 40 years? Anybody been married 40 years or more? Amen. How about 30 years plus? Anybody 30 years plus? How about 20 years plus? All right. If you're married any, any uh, if you're not married 20 years or plus, you're still on your honeymoon, amen? So, so you're still learning. Uh, all of y'all that raise y'all hand, uh, we're gonna be talking about how to fight in a marriage. Okay. So we're gonna be discussing that today. And I've got uh, my wife Denise and our student pastor and his wife Connie. Uh, this is brother Benny and Connie, and uh, we're here, guys, talking about fighting. How long y'all been married, brother
1: Benny? We've been married 36 years. 36 years. 36 years. At 37 and, in, in June. Isn't that right? June of 27th. <laughs> isn't that right? Check
0: and make sure. You don't want to start no fight up here, do you, brother? <laughs>
1: Trying to keep fights
0: down. Up here. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, we had some fun talking about this in the first service, but it, have y'all ever had, like, uh, you know, fights? Well,
2: Fight with me, so um, and, and we've learned not to call them fights. We in the church, so we, we've called them growth opportunities. So, but we've done a lot of growing in 36 <laughs> years. Um, but Benny asked me when we were thinking about being up here today, we were talking about thinking about a fight. What did I remember? And so, I recalled a time way early on, early in marriage, before we had grown a lot, I understand. Um, and we were still look, trying to figure it out, because we were 18 and 19 when we got married, so lots of learning. But I, I remember disagreeing about something, but you know, I can't remember to this day what we were disagreeing about, but I can remember the intensity and the emotion of that moment of disagreement. So, he wouldn't argue with me, um, and so I don't know if he did that to just make me more mad, or he was really being... Christian-like or whatever. but anyway, christ uh, yeah. He's trying to be perfect. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but I'm a
0: he wasn't bit... even saved then, Connie. He wasn't being Christ-like. <laughs> well,
2: he actually was <laughs> um, So I remember getting really mad about something, and so I, I got in the car and I left our little trailer, Love Palace. Gone. And, yeah, I was gone. I was like, okay, he won't argue, and I'm mad, and I'm just getting in the car and I'm leaving. And so I'm riding down the road, and, like, I'm trying to figure out where to go, You know, and I'm riding around, and I'm I'm mad, and and then I'm like, I'll just go back to my mom and daddy. It was easier with mom and daddy, and I was a little spoiled, I'll admit. Um, And then I remembered some wise words that my mom said before we got married, you know, that you don't pay attention to until you're actually in that situation. And I remember her saying, now, honey, you will have some times that you disagree with me, and I'm going like, no way, mom, we never argue. You know, that was before we were married. (laughs) And so... um, I didn't really pay a lot of attention, but it came to mind then, and my mom had said, Honey, you're not going to be able to come running back home when you disagree. And you're not going to be able to tell me all the things that, that Benny has done that have made you mad. You're going to have to stay there, and you're going to have to work it out. And so then I'm going to, doggone, I can't even go back to my mom and dad. <laughs> you know, so what am I supposed to do? So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, we're believers. We're not getting divorced. We're in it for the long haul. I'm going to have to go back, and we're going to have to figure out how you work through disagreements. So we've had to do
0: that. So you had a growth opportunity at that time. Yes. Is that right? Yes, Yes, sir. So what do you think, Brother Benny? You just don't
1: argue. No, sir. it's, It's futile to argue. I mean, I figured that out early in marriage. Why say a whole bunch of things that you don't really mean? That about 30 to 45 minutes later or an hour or whatever it takes you to work it out that you got to go back then and apologize for a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't really mean so I learned it a lot and plus I grew up in a situation at my home that we learned a lot of words that's just not appropriate to say and so those words a lot of times are still in here so I had to kind of bathe the words that come out of my mouth through the Holy Spirit before I say them because <laughs> Just because I got saved, those words didn't leave. I got you. So my home, you know, those were just the adjectives that you used in the house. And right. so we don't, we, we don't use those anymore. So I learned not to say those words. So you didn't say what you were thinking. No, sir. If, listen, I, I teach this to our students all the time. If you think it, it only hurts you. But if you say it, it hurts other people. And that goes for Facebook too, by the way, just I it thought does. that'd be just a good plug it to does, get that right. in there. Yeah, it does. So but anyway, but what we think <clears throat> only hurts us and what we say hurts others around gotcha. us. Gotcha. So baby
0: doll, we've been married almost forty four years. We ever had any tassels?
3: <laughs> a few. You can see we growed and growed
0: and growed. And <laughs> yeah, we growed. we really had some growth opportunities, y'all. Yes, we
3: have.
0: So we've had some tassels along the journey. I remember one that just really ticked me off bad. What? We was uh, I remember this. Yeah, uh, I remember that we she wanted some shrubs planted, y'all. And um, so so we was outside at the flower bed at our house, and she wanted shrubs planted. And I hate to I hate I hate I hate doing that. And she just kept I want them shrubs planted. Well, I finally reluctantly got the shovel to go dig the hole to put the stinking shrub in that I didn't want to do. And then she wants to tell me how to dig the hole. Tell me, you know, you got to dig it this way. You got It ain't deep enough. You got to move it to the left. You got to move it to the right. Well, first of all, I was ticked off because I had to be out there anyway. And the more she taught, the madder I got. Man, I'm just, I'm just ticked off about this shrub deal uh, where, you know, she, she just kept on, you know, you got to do it this way, do it that way. And man, I'm telling y'all, I was fuming. I was fuming. I was madder than a wet hen. You know what she did? You know what she did when I, I mean, I was really ticked off. Y'all was digging them holes and just, just really mad. I mean, steam was coming out of my ears. She took a water hose that was laying there and squirted me with the water hose and, and said these words to me, Nelson. Oh, big boy, you need to cool off. Oh my God, oh my God! oh my gosh. Let me tell you something. Squirt? I'm ticked off already. And then squirt me with the water hose and have the audacity to say to me, I'm getting mad right now, just thinking about it. I'm getting ticked off. I mean, have the audacity to say to me, oh, big boy, you need to cool off. Good night, y'all. That I'm telling you, she'd have been a man. I'd have whooped her right there. One of us talk whooping. I'm thinking, are you kidding me, man? Denise uh, that I have had great growth opportunities, y'all. But... Uh,
3: what do you think? I do remember one um, right, here we go. One night. We were, we were having a heated discussion, pretty heated. And I remember one of our girls came. We tried whenever we had a disagreement or we had a heated discussion is what I call a mis- Whenever we did that, I, I, we really tried not to do it in front of our kids. And there was one time I remember that one of our girls came busting in and said, y'all are Christians. Y'all are not supposed to do that. How about that
0: one? You get a sermon from your kids. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was
3: like, you know, we knew better than that. And I'm like, Beanie. I don't argue. I don't like to fight. Because what you say in madness, you can't take back. And it don't just stick here, it sticks here and it, it makes a difference in what you say.
0: We decided after the first service if me and Connie got married, we'd have killed each other. Because <laughs> cause, uh, they don't fight, and we're... We'd fight, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, we would you. just
3: look at each other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we would, they would go. If
3: make a decision, they'd still be
0: riding around. That's right. Country. That's We'd right. Go, it
3: don't matter to me. It don't matter to me. It don't matter to
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I bet you've had some tassels along the way. Can I get an amen? How about these guys? Do you appreciate them today? God is good, y'all. Amen. Hey, guys, why don't you stand up? You don't know what to do. Take your Bible, your copy of God's Word, and let's all stand together and lift it up. Come on, y'all. We got to have your help. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is trustworthy and true. Right now, my mind is alert, and my heart is humble, and my spirit is teachable. I will listen, I will learn, and I will live the principles taught in this book. To the glory of God, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's bow together and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that we have the opportunity, Lord, right now to come in your house. And God, we've been talking about making marvelous marriages. And Lord, I pray that our church would be filled up with couples that Want to make marvelous marriages. And God, I pray that the things that we talk about in a transparent way uh, will encourage them, God. Uh, let them know, God, that, hey, it's a work. It, it is a work in developing these marvelous marriages. And God, I pray that they will see us as people that are real. And Lord, that we struggle just like they do. But God, we realize that without you in the center of our life, God, our marriage would not be marvelous. And we thank you, God, for that. We pray, God, that today, you would speak to our hearts and our lives, and God, that lives will be touched today here at the at the Eden Campus, the River Campus, those watching online, and those listening by radio. We love you and we praise you now in Jesus' name and all of God's people. Said, "Amen." Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, "I'm so ready to learn today. So ready to learn." It's good to be in the house of God. Uh, we've been talking about how to make marvelous marriages, and we've been talking about that uh, for the last couple of weeks. Amen. we. We've learned so much from the word of God on the subject of making marvelous marriages. So the first Sunday we talked about how do you build how do, what the foundation of a marvelous marriage and we spoke about that. Last Sunday we talked about finances in a marvelous marriage and we discussed that as uh, last Sunday talking about that and I had so many people uh, talk to me this week going, Brother Jackie, thank you for sharing uh, on the subject of finances in the marriage but today I want to talk about finances fights in a marvelous marriage. Everybody say that with me. What? Fights in a marvelous marriage. If you have your Bible and your copy of God's word, if you would open your Bible to the book of 1st Peter, uh, we're going to be looking at chapter 3 in just a moment. And while you're turning there, uh, we're going to be talking about conflict today, more specifically about marital conflict. Uh, You know, I wonder about those folks that say they've been married for years and years and years and never have had a disagreement. The only thing that I can conclude about those people is they're not living in the same house together, amen. Uh, They must live in separate houses. You know, a lot of you see uh, me as a pastor and of the church and uh, Denise right at my side all the time, and you may think we look so happy and that we've never had a disagreement. Watch this. Wrong. Uh, there have been times in our life where we've struggled, we've fought, we've battled, and we fussed, and, and all that. Folks, we're no different than all of y'all. Uh, we're, we're people just like you are, and we've experienced ups and downs. Uh, we've experienced bad moods and arguments and fusses, I suppose. Every enduring relationship uh, will face times of, of of tension and hurt feelings and heated discussions, and how about the cold silences, y'all? They're just as bad as anything. Denise and I have had those fights to where we had to stop. Uh, Y'all probably never done this, but we've had those arguments where we've had to stop and go, now what was we fighting about? We had to go back and rethink it uh, because it just went from one thing to the other thing. So it's pretty much inevitable that once you get married, you will have some arguments or emotions will uh, run wild and tempers will flare and words will be said. Uh, So today we want to address that uh, in some ways that may help you today. So let's take our Bible and open it up to 1 Peter. Are y'all ready? Say amen. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 1, likewise you wives be in subjection to your sent girls Your own husband, not everybody else's husband. Your own husband, uh, that if any obey not the word, they may also without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Now let me make sure uh, that you understand the word conversation. That is not the term that we would use, that you would speak a lot, but rather it's how you live your life. In other words, the word conversation is how you exhibit uh, your life for people to look at. And the Bible says, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, and the word fear is the word respect, whose adorning let it not be with the outward adorning of the plaiting of hair or the wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, great price. For after this manner in the old time the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters are you as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, so that your prayers are not hindered. You know what the Bible's saying here is that if you don't have a right relationship with your wife, men, that your prayers are hindered. And man, that's a big deal right there. But notice it says here, finally be you all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love is, brethren, be pitiful and courteous. Now, the word pitiful is an interesting word. It means that you are to love like a Christian. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. The word railing means don't snap, don't snap back. In other words, when somebody snaps at you, you don't snap back. That's how fusses start. But the Bible says, but contrary wise, blessing. Knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. In other words, the Bible in this passage of scripture uh, connect how we treat our wives, how we treat our husbands in connection to God pouring a blessing into our life. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Now that means if you want a happy and good life, keep control of your tongue. The Bible says that you should refrain your tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Now, when you look at your passage of scripture there, you begin to realize that God is intimately encouraged and involved in our marriages. Uh, Adam said earlier today in the the first service, that him and Santana, uh, that when you look back over their life, there's never been two sets of footprints, but there's been three, and that's the way the marriage ought to be. Uh, That is, it ought to be a husband and wife and God in that marriage, and whenever you leave God out of your marriage, guys, you're trying to do it on your own. I't know about, I don't know if you realize this yet or not, but trying to do it on your own just doesn't work out most of the time that's what's happening in our world today. People are trying to build their marriages on sinking sand and it just doesn't work out so as we begin to think about this today, I wanted to quickly give you a few things to think about so the first thing I want to talk about is the fight everybody say the what the fight as a matter of fact I, I wish I'd have done it y'all I really do uh, if I'd have thought about it, I would. Connie told me this morning, he said, Brother Jack, you know what? We ought to have Rocky theme music when we go on the stage today. Uh, you know, I, I like that. I'm thinking, man, oh, oh, uh, oh, Rocky and Apollo fighting it out. Man, I could get jazzed up with that Rocky theme music. But, but when I thought about that, I thought about the fight. Everybody say the word what? The fight. Have you ever had one? Have you ever been in that marriage situation and, man, the fight happens? Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs 29, in verse number 22, it says, an angry man stirs up strife. And I've got to tell you all something. I have to be honest with you. There's been times when I've been angry and, and I stir up strife with Denise and I. I mean, there's been times, man, I've been, I mean, it didn't take much to push my button. And when she pushes that button, man, I get angry. And the Bible says a furious man abounds in transgression. Now, what that means is when I get mad, uh, you know, I act a fool. And don't look at me like y'all thinking, oh, do you? You do too, guys. Uh, you know, the Bible says an angry man stirs up strife. In other words, there's problems around a person that gets angry all the time. Now, when we're thinking about a fight, we don't fight because we're, having a, we're in a good mood. We fight because we're angry. Something has ticked us off. Something has made us upset. The Bible says when you're angry, you stir up strife. And and the Bible says a furious man abounds in transgressions. Man, there's been times when I've been angry and there's been times when I've been furious. And and I'm just going to tell you, uh, I've been that person that abounded in transgression when I was mad, when I was angry so as a man, as a man, I want to go ahead and admit to y'all, I've been guilty of verse number 22, Proverbs chapter 29. Any men here would say amen to that? I mean, really? Uh, we've, been, we've been men that stirred up strife and got a little furious and said some things and did some things and reacted in some ways that we shouldn't have. But girls, I'm not going to let y'all off the hook. Now, y'all listen. The next verse is for y'all. It's better to dwell in the wilderness with, than with a contentious, angry woman. Can I give an amen? Ain't nobody amen to that. Y'all guys going, I ain't starting no fighting here, Brother Jack. Amen. I'm not going to amen that. But the Bible says, man, it's better to be alone. What that means is, Brother Bill and I translated that, it means that we'd rather live under a pine tree on Ball Rock Mountain than in a mansion with with a woman that's contentious. And the Bible says a contentious woman, man, it's better just live somewhere else. Better to be on the rooftop by yourself than in, in a house with an angry woman, and, and girls, that's the truth. Y'all get mean when y'all get angry, and, and we get mean when we get angry, and so what that happens is a fight takes place. You get an angry man, uh, you get a furious man, and you get a contentious woman, and you put them in the same house, and man, you got a fight going on. Can I get an Amen. Now, I know that nobody in this room today, we are talking to those that are listening by by radio and those online, but those of you that are here, y'all are not guilty of any of this. I know it's for those other people. But the fact of the matter is, we've all struggled with that. Can I get an amen? So we've all had those times when we were angry and furious and contentious, and and what that causes is a fight. Now, what I did today, I I went from the fight to this point number two, and I like what I titled. It's called the what? Fuming, y'all ever got in that in that place where you just went and fumed? Anybody in here? Can I get an amen? Y'all, y'all I mean the steam's rolling, and you're fuming. Uh, y'all ever done that? I mean, got got fuming going on. I mean, you you know, you're, somebody's done lit your fire. Uh, she said something that you, she shouldn't have said. He done something that he shouldn't have done. And now, man, you're just fuming. Anybody know what I'm, some of y'all look like y'all got in a fight in the parking lot today. And you're sitting here fuming right now. So what I did was I went and and wrote down five things that happens when you're fuming, all right? Now, this is good. The first thing that happens is you go to your corner. Can I get an amen? I mean, you get mad and you go to fuming, you go to your corner and he goes to his corner. Amen. (laughs) Uh, you know, that's what happens. I'm not going to be around you right now. She, she's an idiot. He's crazy. And Man, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to my corner. I, I'm, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to get in my corner and I'm going to fume. I'm going to fume. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to get in my corner and I'm fuming. And Then what happens when you get in your corner and you start fuming, you go to the second thing and that is you have a conversation. Not with them, but with yourself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You go over to your corner and you start saying things like this. She's crazy. You know, I wished I hadn't ever married her, him. I. You know, I'm right. They, they, they just don't love me. I mean, They ain't not treat me right. Man, you know what, I didn't deserve that. Anybody ever been in that fuming place where you go to your corner and have a conversation with you? Anybody, can I get an amen? So you get over to that corner and you start talking to yourself. and then And then the third thing happens you start convincing yourself in that corner, guess what? I'm right. You know what? I'm right. She's wrong. I'm right. He's wrong. You start, you start convincing yourself. Man, you know what? Uh, I, I, boy, I tell you what, I'm, I, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. I know I'm right. I'm right again. I'm right again. And maybe you start convincing yourself, good night. I ain't going, I'm i not gonna apologize this time. If anybody's gonna step over this apology line, it's gonna be them, not me, I'm not. I'm right, I'm right, I know I'm right. I was right 20 years ago when we had the same argument. I'm still right, still right. So you start convincing yourself and then the fourth thing is clarity comes in. Don't you hate it when that happens? When you're in your corner and you're fuming and clarity comes in and all of a sudden the, the smoke dies down a little bit. You know, you've been in your corner a while and the smoke dies down a little bit and this is the clarity of it. Are y'all ready for this? The clarity starts saying things like this to you. I guess I'm wrong too. Boy, I hate that. When the smoke disappears and all of a sudden you're thinking, man, why are we fighting? Good night, we're not going to get a divorce. She don't believe in divorce. She believes in murder. She don't believe in divorce. She said she would stay with me till death do us part. She'll kill me in my sleep. Clarity starts coming. You start going, man, you know what? Maybe I I shouldn't have said that, it! I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't have said that. I'm wrong. I shouldn't have reacted that way. And then the next thing starts happening, conviction. God starts talking to you. Don't you hate that? When you're in the corner and God starts talking to you and you feel bad about it, and you think, he says, he says things like this. This is your wife. You know, he, she, she belongs to you. I put you all together. I'm going, oh, my gosh, the Holy Spirit's in this, in this argument. Why is the Holy Spirit in this argument? The Holy Spirit shouldn't get in this argument. And all of a sudden, conviction starts coming. I start going, oh, my gosh. You know, I feel bad about this. I feel bad about this argument. And, and all of a sudden, you're convicted by it. Can I get an amen? amen. So you go to your, you're going in the, in the corner, and you have the conversation with yourself, and you convince yourself you're right, and you get clarity, maybe I was wrong, and then God starts talking to you. He starts convicting you by going, you know what? You're not being the husband you should be. You're not being the wife you should be. You're letting the devil beat y'all up. This is stupid. You need to come back together. Go say, I'm sorry. Ooh. No, not yet. Next week, maybe. God just, how many of you have ever been there? Can I get an amen? And then you need to take the next step, which is called forgiveness. Can I get an amen? You got to forgive each other. Yeah, you're going to have a fight, you're going to have a fuss, you're going to have a disagreement, but you got to learn to forgive each other. You've got to learn to be able to take the high road and forgive each other. And the Bible says in the book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 13, forbearing one another and what? Forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, that means your wife or your husband, they're in any group, even as Christ forgave you, you also forgive them. And man, that's how you do it you got to operate on the level of forgiveness, forgiving each other. I mean, how long can you have a grudge? How long can you let anger marinate? How long can you let bitterness stay in you? And there's people that, I'm telling you, they just refuse to take that step. They refuse to forgive each other, and that's what happens in marriages. And the marriages get gets worse and worse and worse, and they don't know how to forgive each other and move on. And Denise and I have learned, she don't argue with me drives me nuts. When I want to fight, I want to fight. She don't fight. How do you fight with somebody that don't want to fight? And, and, you know, you look at this, and obviously, Benny don't fight with Connie. I'm thinking, good night. But, you know, there have been times when it's got a little heated up, and we've had problems, and our kids had to come in and preach a sermon to us when they were little, like, y'all supposed to be Christians. And on top of that, Dad, you're the pastor. <laughs> Shut up and go to bed. And you look at all that, and you think, oh, my gosh. But you got to learn to forgive each other. And that forgiveness is the way God does it. I know y'all don't understand this, but we're the bride of Jesus. Can I get an amen? And i got to tell y'all something. I had not always been the best bride. And I'm so thankful that Jesus forgives me, and he doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Can I get an amen? God is so good because of that. And I thank God for that. So if, if Jesus forgives us, Who are we to say we can't forgive our husband or our wife when we disagree? We just don't know how to do it. So what I did is I just wrote down 10 rules to fight by. So I want y'all to get this, y'all, okay? You got to get this, especially y'all young people. Y'all got to get this, okay? I'm going to give you 10 rules to fight by that I believe that you need to have in your heart, your life, and, man, you need to hang on these ten rules to fight by. Are y'all ready? Say amen. The first rule is, before you step into the ring, pray. Now, I'm talking about the, the, the battle ring, y'all, not, not the marriage ring. So, when you step into the, before you step in the ring, pray, man. You know, I've learned that when, you, when you're struggling and you're disagreeing, if you'll tell God first, He'll, he'll help you with that. So you need to learn to pray. You know, Denise and I, we told y'all last week, man, we used to fight over money. Good night. We'd fight over money. We didn't have enough money to fight over. But we'd fight over. Man, you know, what, what'd you do with the money? Where does it go? Who writes the checks? She'd say, you write the check." I'm not writing the stinking checks. You write the checks. No, I'm not writing the checks. You fuss about it all the time. And we just back and forth, back and forth. Then finally one day we said, look, let's just write the checks together. And we started joining hands and praying together and saying, God, this is not our money, it's your money. And we started asking God to help us with that. And I was telling her in the early, so I don't even think we've ever had an argument about money since we started praying about it. You see, I'm a firm believer that, that if you, before you go step into the ring against your husband or against your wife, that you say, wait just a minute, I, I need to back away and pray. The Bible says in Psalms 141, verse number three, it says, Lord, I cry unto you. Make haste unto me and give ear unto my voice when I cry unto you. Watch this. Verse number two says, let my prayer be set forth before you as incense and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Verse three, everybody read it out loud together. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. And keep the door of my lips. How many of you realize that that would solve a lot of problems? That if we would just say, God, before I say something, I want you to set a watch before my mouth. I want you to control my lips. God, before I react in anger and say things I shouldn't say, God, I need to ask you to help me. And I believe that if you will say, God, before I step into the ring to fight, I'm gonna take a minute to pray. And God, I need for you to help me have words of healing, not words of hurt. I need for you to give me wisdom in what to talk about. I need for you to direct my tongue. I need for you, God, to make sure that I don't use my words as arrows and swords to slice that person up. God, I need for you to help me before I fight. So I believe that before you you fight, you need to pray. Second thing is so important. Be committed to honesty and mutual respect. I I believe that when we're going to fight, we need to to be honest. I mean, surely you've got a concern. You You don't need to neglect that. But you need to respect the other person when you're talking about it. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, wherefore put away lying and speak every man truth with his neighbor. And the Bible says for we're members one of another. When Denise and I got married, she's not my enemy. She's part of my life. And so when I'm going to say something, I need to make sure that I'm going, to be, I'm going to be honest, but I'm going to be respectful when we disagree. And the Bible says in the next verse, For this call shall a man leave his father and mother, and they too shall be joined together, and they will be what? One flesh. So if I hurt her or she hurts me in this argument, I'm hurting myself. And if she does it, she's hurting herself. We need to be respectful, but we need to be honest. And then the third thing, write it down. Make sure your weapons are not deadly. How many of you realize words can be deadly? Words can cut deep. And we need to make sure that when we are disagreeing and fighting about something, that our weapons are not deadly. Because, man, the tongue is a deadly thing. And that that tongue can spew out deadly poison. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 26, it says, be angry and sin not. Because you know why the Bible tells us that? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So if I'm angry and I'm sinning, then I I can really use weapons that are deadly. And that weapons that are deadly is sin. And when I start speaking and I lose my cool, and I say things I shouldn't say, and I'm using these deadly weapons. Let me tell you something, guys, and I've learned this. You know, especially with women. You know, guys can fight. We can go out there and punch each other out, and men blood each other's nose in five minutes. We're best buddies. How many of you realize this? You say something bad to your wife, it takes years to get over that. Amen. It hurts deeply, and words hurt deeply. So we have to realize that We don't need to let our weapons be deadly. And then the next thing is make sure the timing is right. If you're going to have a fight and you're going to disagree, make sure that the timing is right. And we'll fight right now. Right now. Right now. Well, maybe you need to wait a day. Maybe you don't put it off until you, you kind of cool down. Maybe you maybe, maybe should to squirt you with a water hose. Oh, my God, I'm getting mad again. <laughs> maybe the timing is not right for the, uh, for the, for the talk because if, when you're disagreeing and you, you, you want to talk about it when everybody's mad, how many of you realize the result is not going to be good? So every now and then you may need to say, wait a minute, we need to discuss this a little later on. Maybe we need to wait a minute before we start saying things that both of us are going to regret. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 26, don't, let the, don't be angry or be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. You know what that means to Denise and I? We don't go to bed mad. We've stayed up for days and days and days. We, you know, we don't go to sleep mad. We just stay up, man, you know what? Because when you do that, you, let the, you give place to the devil. And when, you, when, you, when the timing isn't right, you know, sometimes you just need to put it off and, and don't fight at that moment. Because if you fight at that moment, you're going to give the devil an open end to both of your relationships. And man, sometimes it isn't worth it at the moment. Sometimes you need to let some things go. Sometimes it's just not worth the fight. And so we need to realize that. And then uh, the next thing is be ready with a positive solution after you take a swing. Now, that doesn't mean a physical swing, y'all. But, you know, I I was taught years ago by my boss. I was in the business world. Don't you bring a problem to my desk unless you bring three solutions with it. You know, a lot of times when we get into arguments, it's easy to point out all the wrongs. But what about this? What about if we say, hey, this is bad, but what if we tried this? What if we said, you know what? Okay, this is not okay, but I think we could work through this like this. You know, we got to give and take on this thing. So if if you're gonna take a swing, then make sure that you have a positive solution to go with that. Nobody wants to hear all the negative. Nobody wants to hear all the problems. Let's make sure that, that we have a positive solution. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, let him that steals, steal no more. Let him, let him but let her, let her, rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may give, have to give to him that needeth. Now, isn't it ironic that right in the middle of all this stuff that the apostle says, he just shifts and says, he that's stealing, steal no more. Well, what he's saying is that there's a solution to every problem. That if there's a wrong, there's a right. If there's a, if there's a problem, there's an answer. If you steal, don't steal no more. Go get your job. You know, if, you, if you're going to take a swing at each other, find a positive solution that you can talk about. So that's important. And then watch your words. Guard your tone. What's your words and God your tone. You know what? I've learned in my life that it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. You know, like you're in this, you're in this tizzy and you go, I love you. <laughs> Shut up, I love you. Well, you know what? Saying I love you is one thing, but if you say it that way, it's out of anger. You know, okay, okay then. We're through fighting. Good night. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. You know, you can say things but have the wrong tone. How many of you realize that you can say something one way and it be taken one way, and you can say it another way and it be taken another way? And how many of you realize this body language speaks? It just does. And when you look at this, Ephesians 4.29 says these words, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You know, don't let bad poison spew because when the bad poison comes out of your mouth, it's going to create big deals. And so we need to make sure that we don't allow this corrupt communication to come out of our mouth. Then watch this. This is one I wrote down. I thought, boy, this is a good one, Brother Jackie. And that is this. When your spouse swings, (laughs) are y'all ready for this? Say it out loud. Dodge, duck, dodge and deliver a kind word. I mean, when they're hot and they're swinging and they're saying all kind of stuff, you just gotta, you know, you gotta do the duck and dodge thing. You know, don't let it hit you. Kind of go where, you know, she's really ticked right now. So I'm just gonna duck and dodge and Deliver a kind blow to the heart. The Bible says, because, watch this, y'all. If you don't duck and dodge and deliver a kind word, guess what you're going to do? You're going to punch, too. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is the good to the use of edifying that may minister grace to the hearers. Someone told me this one time about that point. They said, you know what? When you're having problems with somebody, your wife or whoever, and they're throwing rocks at you. Men, they're just throwing rocks at you. When they throw a rock at you, you throw a sugar cube at them. And, and, and they throw a rock, you throw a sugar cube. They throw a rock, you throw a sugar cube. And before long, they look around, they ain't got no more rocks. So the only thing they got to throw back at you is one of your sugar cubes. And I thought, daggum, that's good. You know what? That's a good thing because in that thing, So many times what we do is they throw a rock and we throw a rock. They throw a rock and we throw a rock. Stop that. When when you're in a situation with your husband, your wife, and, man, they take a swing at you, dodge and duck and deliver a kind word to their heart. You know, Denise does that to me. I can't stand it. I'll be going, man, I'm I'm fuming. I'm I'm ticked off. I'm going, she goes, I love you. Shut up. You love me. I love you, I love you. What? I want to fight. <laughs> I love you, we've got two kids, four grandkids. You're the man of my dreams. What in this world are you doing? I want to fight, but I love you, I ain't fighting with you. How do you fight with somebody that don't want to fight? She throw, I throw rocks, she throws sugar cubes. After a while I'm going, okay, dang gum. Okay, all right, we're good. You know, but what we do most of the time, they throw a swing. What do we do? We throw a swing back. They say something bad, we say something worse. They say something worse, we say something worse. They, they, they pop off, we pop off. And then all of a sudden we're going, now what was we starting to fight about? We are done fighting about 20,000 other things now. And we have to go back. Guys, don't do that. When they take a swing at you, you dodge and duck and deliver a kind blow to the heart. Here's another thing you need to remember. Don't swing at your mate in public. Can I give an amen? amen. You know, don't, don't start popping off in public. Man, that's not a good thing to do. And I'm just going to hang out here one minute with y'all because I think it's something you need to hear me say. Don't swing at your mate in public. Don't, don't have the fight in front of people. That's crazy. Don't don't air your dirty laundry in front of everybody. Watch this, especially your kids. You know, I can't get over how many adult people just fight in front of their kids. Man, they just gonna have a knockdown drag. just call each other every name in the book in front of their kids. Just tell everybody how sorry the husband is in front of the kids. Tell everybody how sorry the mom is in front of the kids. Can I tell you this? That's the dumbest thing in the world you could ever do. Because your kids are listening to you. And when you, down, when you talk down about your husband in front of your kids, you're just chopping your husband down. If you talk bad about your wife in front of the kids, you're chopping their mama down. And what will happen before long, your kids will not respect you. Because if you don't respect each other, they get the message, we don't have to respect you either. Look, don't fight in front of your kids. Denise and I tried our best not to do that. Don't fight in front of your kids. When we fought, they'd come up and say, aren't y'all Christians? You know, you can't do that. Your kids don't. It's amazing to me how many people talk about things they ain't got no business talking about in front of their kids. Your kids will gravitate to that. They will hang on to that. When we were growing up, When we were growing up, this is what we were told. Go outside, grown folks is talking. There are some conversations that you need to have that kids don't need to hear. Can I get an amen? The Bible says in Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. In other words, don't don't demonstrate that. You don't need to fight in front of people. You don't need to take a swing at your mate in public. Don't do that. That, That's not what you want to do. You need to talk about that in private. Don't get out in public and do that. That's not a good thing. And then when it's over, help clean up the mess. When the fight is over, help clean up the mess. Don't hold the grudges. Don't let it stay in your heart. Help clean up the mess, y'all. When you're having that fight, and it's, it is, and it's, going, it's inevitable you're going to have a disagreement. But when you have the disagreement, don't be one that, that says, well, you know what, I, sh- I won that one. I was the winner in that one. The, when there's a fight, there is no winners. You need to help clean up the mess. In Ephesians 4:32, it says, "Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, what, forgiving one another." You know that—that's what we got to do, y'all. We have to learn to forgive each other. Yeah, we're going to have disagreements. Denise and I've done it. We've had disagreements. We've had—we've had, uh, we've had tremendous growth opportunities uh, to learn how to deal with all this stuff. And you know what, when it's over, you gotta help clean up the mess. Help clean up the mess. Don't don't let it keep on and on and on. Building up the junk and the garbage. Don't don't keep a record of wrongs. Clean up the mess by forgiving each other. And then finally, this is so important. If you're going to fight, fight to win. That was my point. I wrote, I couldn't do these 10 points without telling y'all that. If If you're gonna do it, do it to win. But here's the point. Here's the point, are you listening? She's not my enemy, and I'm not her enemy. So if I look at her and I go, boy, I'm going to fight, but I'm going to fight to win, I've got my eyes on the wrong enemy. The enemy that wants to destroy us is Satan himself. See, I'm convinced that one of the things the devil wants to do in our world today is he wants to destroy marriages. And what we have to do is we have to look past each other and we have to realize there's an enemy that wants to destroy our family. And if we're going to fight, we're going to fight to win. And it's not to fight to win against each other. We're going to stand and fight to win against the devil himself. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 23, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And the Bible goes on and says, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you, Aren't you thankful that Jesus forgives us? And if we're going to fight, we got to fight to win. And the way we win is we forgive each other. And we recognize who the real enemy is. My real enemy is not her. Her real enemy is not me. There is an influence that's around us all the time that wants to stir up our carnal ways. You know, I want my way in. She wants her way in. We, we, that, that conflict happens. And I believe that when, when a married couple gets in the heavy tizzies, I believe Satan's back there going, way to go, man. Tell her like it is. Tell him like it is. Say something else to them. Tell them what you don't like about them. Tell them what you've been wanting to say for years. The devil's back there behind us just cheering us on. you know what we have to realize that we don't fight to lose we fight to win how do we win we forgive each other we don't run to the lawyer's office we don't quit we don't give up we learn from it we grow from it and we begin to adjust our life from it so that our marriage becomes a marvelous marriage even though we have had some fights. We've had some tough times, some hard times, some disagreements. So I want to give you a bottom line. Well, before I give you the bottom line, I'm going to make y'all do something. Y'all ready? What's the ten rules to fight by? Come on, tell me. Before you step in the ring, what? Be committed to honesty and mutual respect. Make sure your weapons are not, make sure the timing's right. Be ready with a positive solution soon after taking a swing. Come on, watch your words, guard your tone. When your spouse swings, duck, dodge, and then deliver a kind blow to the heart. Don't swing at your mate in public. When it's over, help clean up the mess. If you're going to fight, fight to win. Now, you're not fighting to win again to see who wins this battle. You're fighting to win for your marriage, your family. You fight for it. You don't give up on it. But I want to give you the bottom line, how to stop most fights. How to stop most fights. How do you stop most fights? Well, this is how you do it. A soft answer turns away wrath. You know, but grievous words stir up anger. How do you stop most fights? You don't get pulled into all the stuff and start saying all kind of bad things. But rather than raise your voice, a soft answer. It's what Denise does. She does that to me all the time. I'm thinking, I want to fight, but I love you. But I want to fight. I'm not fighting with you. (sighs) But, but, no. This is silly. We don't have to fight over this. What? I'm ticked off, but I love you. You know what? After a while... You know what you do? You just drop your little tail between your legs. You run over there and you get your act together a while. And then you realize, you know what? It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the fight. And we, we still love each other. And you know what? We can talk about stuff without fighting about it. We can come to agreements with things. We can, we can work through those things that we don't like. But we don't have to let it ruin our marriage. We don't have to let bitterness get in our heart and destroy us. We don't have to fight in a furious way. So today, you know, Adam said something earlier today, and I like what he said. He said that without Jesus, you don't have no hope. Can I tell y'all something that I believe? If Denise and I didn't have Christ in our heart, we wouldn't have stayed married. I'm just telling you, we would not have. I'm too mean for her to stay married to me without Jesus in my heart. And you know what? Here's the thing. We we have to realize that without Jesus, we have no hope. And look, guys, if you don't have Jesus in your life, you're trying to live life by yourself, and you won't ever make it by yourself. So my question today is, wouldn't you like to have a personal relationship with Jesus? To let him start working on you and changing you. To let him develop you who he wants you to be. Where you can surrender your life to him and say, Lord, you know what? That preacher's right. If I don't have you in my life, I don't have any hope. And I want to give you that chance to do that today. In a moment, there's going to be people standing down at this altar to deal with, talk to you about that and help you with that. Or maybe you're hearing you go, I want to join this church. Well, we'd love to have you, and we want to help you make that decision. Or maybe you're here as a husband and a wife, and you would like to say, sweetheart, let's go pray about that. And and I want to challenge you. Take those ten rules to fight by. Put them in your house. Put them on your refrigerator. Put them on your mirror so that you have them. Maybe you want to come and lay them at the altar and say, God, help me to do this. Help me and my wife, me and my husband to do this. This is your time to make that decision. So today, would you stand with us as we take this opportunity to do that? And as we stand together, our minister's going to come, and we invite you to come today. Come to make that decision to say, Lord, I want you in my heart, I want you in my life, or I want to be a part of this great church, or maybe just come and pray. So the altar's open if you'd like to do that. Let's sing together, Brother Randy.